because on the flip side of things, um, and this isn't a statement against mega churches or anything like that, um, but there are some, you know, preachers who have been accused of, you know, false teaching or prosperity gospel or things like that. And they have the numbers, they have the money, they have those things. But if it's not true teaching, and I'm not going to, you know, say yay or nay to specific ones, but just my point is, well, if the teaching's false, is that, you know, that's that a failure in that capacity, I, I would think through God's eyes is more crucial to label it that, but, yeah. but look, it's, it's, it's carrying on. And so that's, yeah. Yeah, that's it's super hard. How do you critique big numbers? It's like, yeah. man, there's 10,000 people showing up. <laughs> Clearly God is in that, Yes, Cle- but, but it's not that simple. Yeah. It's not because we can say, yeah, they're coming, but why are they coming? Mm. What are they getting drawn with? Mm-hmm. If we're just affirming some of the wrong aspects of American culture, selfishness, individualism, your prosperity, if we're just calling people to feel comfort um, in their sin, that's that's not the work of God. Um, and that Jesus's method was actually different, that he actually tried to thin the herd, if you will. He tried to, to get sheep out, like you're not getting this. I'm actually going to make this teaching harder and more difficult so that we're really getting the hearts who are craving this and want to come after me. So it's not about you, not about your appetite, but it's about me because God's the center of things. So that, that is hard when it's like, but man, there's so many people. We can't say that's not God, but that's really hard. because we're all really drawn and impressed by big crowds. Yeah. I think God's not as impressed as we are though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I had another statement and it kind of slipped my mind. <laughs> Just, it's gone. Um, but no, that's really good. Yeah, it's good to think through these things. Oh, for oh, oh, too. the the four soil. Um, yeah, the parable about that. And I know it's it can, just just talking about even just the seed of the gospel or the seed of you know a faith being planted, and we we want that to be a plant that thrives and mm-hmm. gets deeply rooted. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it is hard to you can look at fruit, but at the same time, I'm not in that church. I'm not hearing that teaching all the time, and I don't. I don't know the hearts of the 10,000 people, Yeah, you know, it's true, but you're right that God uses anything. He's sovereign. Yes. And, and that's where knowing that some of these large churches that are probably mostly based on unhealthy teaching, that God is amazingly kind Mm -hmm. and works. And even those, and people are legitimately being transformed by that. And his truth is sneaky. And it gets into people's hearts through all sorts of methods and places. Like through this podcast? Yeah. It no, can okay. come in and you don't even His see it coming. Time, and yeah, God yeah. can use that. And he like yeah. gives the person deaf ears for part of the message that's not healthy. But when they hear about Jesus and trusting him, maybe that grabs them and transforms them. I want to celebrate that too. Because there can be, again, that dark heart of... Um, ambition and jealousy and when you see someone else really mm-hmm. growing big 
the default thing your heart wants to say when you're not growing big is I bet they're teaching things. That <laughs> 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 this false gospel in there. Like, it might be a little bit, but it also might be God Could just working. Be your heart. Yeah, your, exactly. there might be your yeah. heart. Yeah, yeah. 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 We see false gospel everywhere, but ourselves usually. So, so there's um, in the FEC, there's this conference that you guys go to. Um, and so I'm just kind of picturing it's, not quite like a family reunion, but every year you're like coming that, back. Yeah. And so when you're saying, you know, is there comparison happening? And I, I would hope that people are celebrating their victories. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, as humans, that's not our default mm-hmm. um, to encourage one another in that. Has it been difficult to, in some of those conversations, to come back and report, you know, this is going well or this isn't or to hear that from someone else? or Yeah, you know, the one. Probably the best resource I've come across is actually an FEC pastor who's now out in California. His name's Tom Bernardo, and he wrote a book that just got released called The Honest Guide to Church Planting, and it's phenomenal because he's honest about how we really elevate people who have blown up in big numbers. You know, man, all these people are getting baptized, and like, if you just do it this way, listen to this person, you'll be the same way. And he calls these these church plants lottery winners. Is just trying to recognize that not everyone is huge and grows a ton and has amazing stories to tell. Sometimes it's a lot slower. It's a lot more plowing work than harvesting. And and just having to recognize that when you come to some conferences, what you want to put on the stage and celebrate isn't necessarily the person that's been there 15 years grinding away that doesn't have amazing stories to tell. You want to bring in the group that moved into a cool city and within two years they blew up into several hundred people and you want to celebrate those stories. So when you don't have that story, it's really easy to feel demoralized. So yes, coming into some conferences, I know pastors almost avoid them. They avoid them because it's just going to feel an affirmation of them being a failure like we talked about before. So trying to recalculate again what what the actual drive is to be fruitful and what we mean by that's really important that there is something we're aiming for. We do want to celebrate that, but it's not always numbers or the biggest mm-hmm. schnazziest thing that happened lately. Are there any, um, I don't know, maybe like we are kind of, you know, talking about some myths and misconceptions, but are there any that you can think of that you initially had and then through these experiences, it's kind of changed either philosophy or your heart or. Yeah. Yeah. Tom also writes about one of these myths. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's foolish to, to talk about it, but I feel it. And it's it's like hilarious at how ridiculous it is. But it's easy for your heart to think that you are so certainly like the next big thing. Mm. It's all about you. You're like you're probably the next Billy Graham, like 50 50 odds. You're going to be the greatest preacher that ever lived and it's so foolish to say but your heart can't help but secretly Mm. believe that Mm. it's like man i'm just about to be awesome you know and this is going to be the thing that proves it and everyone's going to be amazed by me and we secretly nurture that and then when we enter in and that's not realized not even close and we have to reckon with who we really are and where we find our value then it gets down into the things that like oh i gotta believe what i'm preaching oh shoot <laughs> you know, like my value really is found in jesus and it will never be satisfied by anything else even if i was the next billy graham and everyone thought i was awesome that would not satisfy my heart and i cannot hope to be the hero of this story it's so difficult to get that out but i cannot hope to be the hero of this story someone else is and it's not going to be about me mm-hmm. at the end of the day as much as I want it to because church planning in particular has uh, 
I don't know, stories to it that can make the church planner the hero and you want to come in and be that person, but just recognizing that's not going to be the case. And I got to get my heart around it, not wanting that to be the case. That's what's challenging. Yeah. And it, and it takes the whole tribe to really make it happen. And, and I want to transition into that. Um, but one thing, you know, scripture does talk about, um, just any kind of applause or glory that you receive in front of other people or by other people, um, you're not going to receive like that reward from, from God. He's like, you've already received a reward. So I'm not going (laughs) to, right. Ah, You know, so, so there's just, um, just in that humility of serving in a church plant, like the Lord is going to bless you in that. Mm -hmm. And, it, it's not, like you said, not about your name getting out there and those things. So it, it takes a whole church tribe. It's not just about the church planter, but definitely it's got to start somewhere, right? Yes. Um, so I don't know if recruitment is too formal of a word, but do you have any thoughts or stories or challenges about, um, we've been pretty blessed with Neighborhood Church, um, mm-hmm. with the musicians or mm-hmm. people to help and um, our friend Rachel, who's always coming to practice early like we'll show up an hour early yeah. and so I'm like practicing with the team and then Rachel's serving by getting the communion elements ready and and those things and just you need the church tribe you really do to every it, it's it's a body everybody is a, a, a limb and has a function yep. to contribute so any I don't know any feedback on that or oh that's massive because again I think that is part of the lie of the church planner being I'm the one on stage that gets to impress everybody. And it's usually going to be me that stands out the most, but needing to have this deep set awareness that it's, it's such a team. It's the body of Christ that he's working through, not one solo head figurehead. It's so unhealthy when that happens too. And I think that's why you get some of the reason why we have such a culture of celebrity Christianity and why there's a lot of moral failure because it does become about one person and we don't recognize guess who the spirit of God lives in the whole body the whole church that he's working through, not just one person who's up on stage. And so for pastors to really deeply believe that is really, really important. Um, and one person that comes to mind, you guys are really close with too, is Jillian uh, for Werda. And when I was down in Ohio helping with the church plant there before I ever came to Adrian, I wrote a super simple little blog about coming up to Adrian. But because she's so eager for church planting in Adrian, she was already googling about what was happening and my ridiculous little blog came up and she reached out to me and like jumped on board early and we had no idea what a godsend she was Absolutely. Um, someone who was so good with people so wise so full of prayer so ready to serve and i think that's just and it, man neighborhood church would not be what it is if it wasn't for jillian florida <laughs> it would not be Absolutely. it's yeah, an, yeah, incredibly yeah. important yes. but we didn't find her yeah. we didn't recruit her like yeah. God sent her to us like we were so spoiled by her presence. Um, And so it's those things that give a lot of confidence. Like, God, you know how to uh, orchestrate and how to build up your body with the jillions of the world. And so it's needed. Absolutely.
I think too, just to, to encourage and applaud and, and to honor the people who have helped with church plants because we had several locations for neighborhood church where we started, mm-hmm. um, in the Lincoln elementary. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, on, you know, unpacking the trailer with all the tables and chairs and all that set up. And that is a lot of work and input, but I actually think it was some of the most beautiful times because people saw that there was a need. They want to be helpful. They don't want to just be consumers. Like you weren't drawn to a church plant because you want to just receive you. You're like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's be a part of this. I can contribute. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually really funny to think back on that because we could unload and and uh, get everything out of our trailer in probably 20 minutes. It didn't take very long. A lot of church plants, it takes like an hour or two to set up every Sunday. There's so much stuff, and so you need a huge team. But it's interesting. We purposely made it so simple. But then you almost uh, make a disadvantage because you're so right. People want to come. They want to serve. They actually want to get their hands in the work. And so to have stuff for them to do really does. It, they are part of the team. They're not just making them feel like they are. They really are part of the team. And so I do miss those days a little bit too. Where people just get to come in, help us roll in tables, set stuff up. You're in the thick of this with us. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't two hours of setup. Though. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because there wasn't the bit, you know, when we did music, it was like, Maybe a guitar and two voices. Yeah. I don't. Did we even ha- did we have microphones? No did mics. We, no no mics. stage. No yeah. sound system. You know, which is yeah. so simple compared to most. Yeah, and uh, um, just so good. And and there are and there's nothing wrong with you know people not having live music because I know quite a few churches that actually might not even be considered a church plan anymore because they're older now um, that use live videos or CDs and tape cassettes because we've entered into church bodies with that as well. And, And then you would just have a microphone and sing along with it. And there's no shame in that. I do believe that. I, I would suggest that we often overlook the flock and the gifts and skills and talents that are already within the flock. And we kind of tend to look for, Lord, can you bring someone from the outside in, someone to provide this? And I'm like, stop. Do you know how many musicians there are? Now you're going to have to kind of like pull them out a little and and develop them and and give them an opportunity and encourage them. Some are going to be too shy still. Some are going to, but there are, there are musicians where you're at and don't, Yeah, the Lord will. The Lord has blessed NC yeah. in that. Yep. Even though it's a smaller body in some ways, it's like really rich in what flows out of it. Just making the most of what's there and training that. I know you've been a huge part of that too, helping us see that, which is phenomenal. So fun. And 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 one person in particular, thinking about um, our friends, our sister Susie, and you know she had and just being being open minded and being focused on the heart of worship. Um, and Susie had congas. Yep. And it's just like, yeah, bring mm-hmm. those in. And yeah, get up there. Let's do this. Yep. Yep. And and that creates an atmosphere of worship. That's what counts. That's yes. what matters. And don't get 
here's my little bias. Don't get caught up in the click tracks or the 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 backing tracks to make it sound like you're someone you're not. Just yeah. use what you have and celebrate it. We don't need, like you said, the celebrity Christianity or whatever. Yeah. I think we can do that from, I'm speaking from the music side. I think we can look to all of these other churches trying to be something we're yeah. not. And if the Lord hasn't opened those doors to have those certain resources or to have these lights or that, I also enjoy worshiping in those contexts. Yes. So much fun it's amazing to have those resources I love both but I just I really grieve if you have one part of the body like the arm trying to be like a leg like this other church in the community that has I'm like that's not maybe that's not what you were called to and so so there's freedom in that yep because it's really true because I don't think there's anything in scripture that says if you use a smoke machine you can't glorify God that's not there mm-hmm. and nor does it say if you only have a piano mm-hmm. and like one person singing also the spirit of God can not true at all it's just your heart we are here to enjoy God and we really love him and we can't wait to celebrate and lift him up that's our heart we're going to do that this Sunday and we're pumped that's the biggest part whatever tools you got, use them like symbols, bring it. You know what I mean? You got a liar, bring it. You know I mean? Just all of it. That's like, I love how scripture just lists thing after thing after thing. It's yes. like, let's, let's use these to glorify God. Um, but we're not going to be, our worship's never limited by, by them, the number, the complexity of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the heart. Yeah. And you really have to equip Um, You have to equip people. I think a lot of times we wait for pastors, we wait for musicians, we wait for whoever, you know, people to help with children's ministry. I think we wait for them to like arrive fully packaged with a ribbon on their heads. And it's like, no, you have to invest in the body of Christ and encourage them in those giftings. And so there's work in that. Yeah, there is. That's part of church planning is like, we feel so under-resourced, but it's like, okay, God, how have you already given us exactly how what we need? How are you going to multiply and what yeah, we have? How do, you, how do you want us to, in faith, develop it? Yeah. Amen. That's so good. So um, do you, because I, I really want this conversation to be encouraging to to pastors, to families, to people who are a, um, a part of church planting. Um, what tips or some you know, pieces of encouragement do you have for listeners? I know we've, this whole podcast is, but I don't know, like, can you pinpoint some things, some last comments? I I think, yeah, I'll just, one thing that just comes to mind, I'll just say this, is that we're probably most fruitful in the ways we don't expect it. You know, I'm sure that people thought Jesus was most fruitful when he was coming into Jerusalem and the crowds were chanting. Like, man, Jesus, you're impressive. You've clearly achieved something. Or when he's feeding the 5,000 and there's tons of people, that's actually, I don't think, when he was most fruitful. I think he knew it. I think he knew it had a lot more to do on a long walk when he's hanging out with John and Peter and they're just having conversations. So for pastors to try to recalibrate in their mind, what does successful look like to me? And it's probably when you're having food with people. And you're on a walk. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just it doesn't seem schnazzy and amazing, no. but that's oh, when the spirit of God yeah. is really doing shaping work in people. And you gotta have eyes for the long haul about what God's doing, because he's the master at taking forever. Like so long. <laughs> I it's, thought that his, was us. Like, his <laughs> time, <laughs> like, yeah, his timeline is so mm-hmm. slow. He's very patient. But it's he's so good at it though. Mm-hmm. He's really good at taking the long view and working in people but just getting patient with him 
and letting him know when you're frustrated too, but just knowing you're doing really good stuff that I can't see. Thank you for that. And just trying to keep a grateful heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perspective too, that it could be a year later since you've, you know, planted the church. If you don't keep that perspective, that eternity view and the way he views time and the way he views hearts and growth, you are going to become um, feel like you're a failure. And so your self-confidence or sense of self-worth or or any of those things, mm-hmm. you're going to be attacked and you're lacking in gratitude and you'll be bitter like and angry or frustrated. And that's not good either. Mm-mm. And so we, we all, whether you're church planning or not, we all need to, yep. to have a hearts of gratitude, but yep. yeah, just keeping that at the forefront for perspective. It is again, I'm just going to keep stealing from Tom Bernardo. This will be the last part, <laughs> but he makes that. I, th- I think Tom does a great job drawing this out that God does promise to do things through us. And a lot of people feel like, man, God's really promised to work through this church plant or this ministry, this idea, this marriage, this child. And I think God does make those promises. We, however, are really poor at reading what he means by those promises. Like that God said something and we immediately expect that to look a certain way, but he's going to keep his word. It's just not going to look like what we thought. I think I think one of those is David where God's promising, I'm never going to let your throne fall. Like I'm going to, I'm going to keep a descent under your throne for all days. And the Israelites are like, that means the kingdom of Judah is never going to fall. But then they're walking into exile and their king's been taken in chains, their temples destroyed, their cities on fire. Mm-hmm. And you got to be believing God's a liar because he wow. promised his, his descendants like always going to sit on that throne. Well, he's not totally got taken over and it looks like God's never keeping his word, but God was keeping in his word just in a different way than they expected and in a better one, because then Jesus comes along the true son of David and he is sitting on the throne and he will be forever, but it's not the kingdom they thought was going to come. And so then I got all these promises that I have. I'm like, God, you're going to keep it in exactly this way. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to disappoint you and for a while, but I'm going to fulfill that in a much better way. So keeping our hearts open to God's, God's plans, He's more creative than we are. That's so good. The dangers of expectations, human expectations. The one thing we can expect is, is God's going to show up and we can, and we can depend on yes. him and expect him to move. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Probably not in the way that I expected, yeah. Yeah. but it will move. Yes. How many times are we going to yeah, use that word in a sentence? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, uh, Caleb, for joining us on this podcast on talking about church planting. And uh, we'll be praying for you, wishing you so well um, in Kansas, thank potentially. You. Yep. Let's see where the Lord takes you next. I need all the prayer I can get. Thank yeah. <laughs> oh, trust me. I know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you, listeners, for joining us, listening to the THWC podcast.